3: Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One-day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, YT, 7 Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora, Tora Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees. With more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August twenty-sixth, at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockAndPodExpo dot com, as well as on Facebook, The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo.
1: Feast your ears. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Loose Cannon along with the Expolicious Baco, How are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm fucking great, man. How are you? Uh, you must be ex- getting uh, a little extra Expolicious yourself, yay? Yeah? I am. It's exactly, well, it's less than two weeks away. It'll be two weeks as of yesterday. It was two weeks as of yesterday, if I have my calendar right. We have a problem with time zones and calendars.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Earth is flat, too, just in case you were wondering. Uh... I,
1: I've watched the videos online. I'm completely convinced.
4: Yeah, well, it, it's hard to to find any flaws in any of the logic, so.
1: So let's get down to business. This is the special edition of Cobras and Fire, and that is the Rock and Pods Expo show. And I've been told it's Rock and Pod, not Rock and Pods by Chris Senzak. Were you aware of that?
4: Well, I think the only person that wasn't was you. I'm just going gonna, gonna to throw that out there, buddy. I don't mean to throw you under a bus, but, uh, I, you know, unlike Sinzak, I, I know how sensitive
1: you are about having things corrected, so I've just been letting it go, man. But if you think about it, it's not just Pod. That would be if only Decibel Geek was there. There's Pods. It's plural. But anyway, I think they really screwed up on the name of it, and, and uh, I think that next year they should change it. What do you say? I like it. I think you're wrong. I'm going to petition for it. I'm going to petition for it, just like there is a petition out there for remaking Kiss Fam of the Park. We should mention that as well. Yeah, just passed 100 signatures this week. Really, that's yep. amazing. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> took uh, Detroit. A year. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that Detroit Podcast City um, thinks it's real.
4: Yeah, one of the one of the Kiss podcasts, one of the ones that Sun- I, I don't know if it's one that Sunny Pooney pays to be on or one that he joins <laughs> regularly. Um, but they they were talking about it, and they, they were talking about the one of the the teaser stories about Paul wanting to di- write and direct. But uh, hey, you know what? They got the word out there. That's all that matters to me.
1: I, know, I think I think uh, is on a payment plan with them. It's a, <laughs> it's a three month out thing. It's a, they actually it, when you when you pay to be on a lot of podcasts, they work out a monthly fee. I'm not sure. if
4: Hey, God bless him for not being a total, like, not getting butt hurt when we gave him a little shit.
1: That was great that he wasn't butt hurt on the butt hurt episode. Yeah. He took it in stride and threw some well shit. Well played, back. Pony. We'll see you in Nashville. That's right. You can uh, come into the punching booth as usual or the slapping booth, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's get down to business. We've got uh, what we're going to do in this episode. The structure is we're going to, there's tons of guests that are related to bands and they're usually not the lead singer or things like that but t- to be we have really goofed on this 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 whole event but in reality usually the stories that you get are not from the main people in the band right not the lead singer oh absolutely I mean? right yeah. yeah so i i look forward to lots of conversations listening to the q a we've got producers which will go through we've got uh you know people who have been in the back back uh kind of the how would you describe them? Kind of like a Gary Corbett. How would you? Describe yeah, Gary
4: them? Corbett's a great example of, of what you were just saying, and and the type of guest that you can expect when you show up there. Uh, if you if you are a Kiss fan, uh, especially, you should check out the episodes he's done with uh, Decibel Geek because he he he's not he doesn't dish a lot of dirt. You know, this is not like you know some kind of tabloid kind of stuff, but he tells you stories you're not typically going to hear, and he has a very you know he, he's. There's just something very believable about him. Like he's not trying to like just you know get payback for a a a, a relationship that ended poorly, you know, business wise or whatever. Because that doesn't sound like it necessarily did. But uh, he, I know he didn't care for how they treated Eric Carr. But back to your point, uh, yeah, I mean he is like an insider, you know, kind of a behind, a literally, literally behind the scenes guy because he played off stage with Kiss for quite a while.
1: Yeah, we should we should just mention what he what he does.
4: Yeah, he was the keyboard player. What he I think he came on on Crazy Nights. Through revenge, uh, something like that. I didn't. Don't quote me on that. Fact bastard can find out and post it on Facebook somewhere.
1: So. Yes, yes. But uh, so we'll get to him later on the show. But let's let's just fire through this because there are so many guests involved and play some great music from all of them. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So um, you know these are your your picks, and just want to want to get your your feedback on this this first batch. Right um, on. Rick Rule of Every Mother's Nightmare. And uh, what's your pick, Baco? Uh, here you go. <laughs> and we have somebody called Todd Pooley. What you got for him? Uh, I don't know who this guy
4: is. So let's play one of these.
1: And we've got a guy named Scott T. Do you know who he is?
4: Uh, no. How far we got to go down this list before you you hit somebody? I got.
1: Well, we also have Scott G and Scott X. Steve. And, uh, Steve's going to be there. That's right. Steve is also going to be there.
4: By the way, Broken by Cobras and Fire, not even the Rock and Pod Expo knew about that.
1: Nope. He's going to be there, and he's, he's definitely going to contribute some great stories and, and join, <laughs> join a lot of uh, the podcasts. And the theme of all of them is I Like Cheese. He's a very interesting guy. Very good. Next up, we have Paul Taylor of Winger. What Winger song would you like to feature? Madeline. Do you really want to
4: play it? No, so you don't want to kick it off with Winger, I'm guessing.
1: No, I don't. And what is, what else was he involved in? Isn't Paul Taylor like part of Foreigner or Aureo Speedwagon or something like that? One of those? Yeah,
4: probably. I, I, I don't know, know off the top of
1: my head. I don't know. I, don't know. So I uh,
4: was booted from the Paul Taylor fan page for <laughs> inappropriate uh, postings.
1: I'm gonna post about things I've known nothing about. <laughs> and just still piss you off. Just yeah. come up with just you know alternative facts. Now yeah. the next one I'm pretty excited about. And that is there's not one, not two, but three members of Toratora. Tora. We were you aware of this? <laughs> uh,
4: I guess yes, I was. I, I, I look I I'm a fan of that first record of theirs, but I I'm not a again, I'm not a Tora Torah expert. I will also say that
1: I, uh, I am. Excited. I know. Hey,
4: I know. Um, did you hear? Did you hear that last episode? If Meister is not kidding, he's got a fucking Torah Torah tattoo.
1: I would love to see that. I cannot wait. I he
4: cannot must wait be like that. literally like you could have like a Torah Torah tattoo fan page. It would only be his. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the thing I'm looking to you know besides meeting other of the special guests, I am so looking forward to m- meeting all three of the Torah Torah guys because. Um, I'm thrilled because I want to get all their signatures on my my Danger Danger discography. <laughs> ah, that's a great idea. I just want to see, and then just I want to videotape it, and just see all their expressions. I'm mean, gonna just straight up, just serious face, go up to them, get their. I think signatures. if I rip
4: their album to a, a CDR and bring it, they'll sign that. <laughs>
1: That'd be good. I'm sure they'll be thrilled about that. Uh, With that said, I do think that Wild America is a pretty, I'd never heard that until the, because you have to, it's not available anywhere on earth, um, (laughs) except for like buying the physical somewhere. But have you heard that one? Yeah, I'm
4: sure uh, I have it in my collection. Uh, I don't have the physical copy, but that would have been one I've gotten
1: from Wilson. So let's get down to some music. My God, I mean, we've already covered so many great, great guests so far. So I think if you're ready for this, did you go to that link? the discography link for Michael Wagner yet? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Perfect. So I'd like to, you know, discuss, grab one off that list, because why don't you just run down some of the albums that he's been involved in over the last 30-plus years? Oh, boy.
4: I mean, well, I, I would say a good chunk of this is, is going to be in the collections of people attending this rock and pot expo, probably not to anybody's surprise though. His name was pretty well known even in the eighties. Yeah. But yeah, almost everything by except Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love, uh shoot. Uh well Raven, who's just been announced, he did there was it's involved in some way on the uh all for one record. Um then you know Gert Great White Dockin yeah, Dockin. Uh, Skid Row.
5: Both Striper. albums. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs>
4: Poisoned, what he oh wait, that's that's that great story where he turned down points on the record and just took a flat fee to do like the last mix or something.
1: Oh, you talking about look what the cat dragged in?
4: Yeah, and he's like he listened to it and he's like, Yeah, I'll take the, the five grand <laughs>
1: <laughs> Terrible decision. I do have to well, say that's one of the no,
4: Hey man, I I, I I trust what he's saying at the time though. He's gambling, it's like I might not get a penny right. if I take points on I mean he, he heard it and it was like, Oh boy. So what
1: else? Name some more. I mean, this guy, his hat, his discography is just so impressive. So Kane
4: Roberts, Wasp, Warlock, <laughs> White Kane, Lion, one, one. Bonfire, Ken,
1: Megadeth, Crocus,
4: Overkill, Skid Row. Uh, I mean, Saigon Kick, uh, Ozzy, Warrant. Uh, just so much. I mean, literally, like just tons of, of frick, and you know, multiple records by most of those bands. Uh, he, he did a yep. live album with Testament. Apparently, he also did the low record by Testament. And, you know, I'm not breaking these down to see what his role. I know in some of these he wasn't uh, a full producer. You know, he, he's done production and uh, engineering throughout his career.
1: Yeah, point is he's been involved in some way with all these all, Yeah, all these
4: and he, he knows so much. Yeah. He's probably so, forgotten more than, than we'll talk about today.
1: All right, uh, so I'm going to kick this, this part off for Michael Wagner because there's so much to cover just on him alone, but we're going to keep it to two songs, and that is a six degrees of separation for him. So Michael Ooh, Wagner. Nice. Yeah. Michael Wagner worked with Motley Crue. Motley Crue has Nikki Sixx. Nikki Sixx had a side project called Brides of Destruction. In Brides of Destruction was Tracy Guns, and Tracy Guns is in LA Guns. They just uh, are now reunited for an album coming out called The Missing Piece with a song called Speed. Bako, what you got for Michael Wagner? Uh, have you heard of Warlock? I think you have, right? I don't know if we've ever played anything by them. I know Warlock had one song. Is that the one with Doro? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I've, I remember one song, one video being on MTV. That I remember I did like that song, but I don't know anything else. Any deep, I'm sure that deep was deeper. all
4: we are, but I'm going to play a song from the album before that, as Steel, which according to Michael Wagner's... Uh, personal website. He was uh, worked on it somehow. Again, I'm I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just not sure if he was a producer or not. The opening track, Mr. Gold.
1: All right, Baco. Let's uh, let's cover Ted Nugent.
4: Ah, what do you think? Ted, Uncle Ted. Yes. Well, I mean, he's uh, he's a loudmouth. He's a lot like Gene Simmons. He says eight things over and over again. He's he's got the answer for everybody's problems. So he's yeah. a great humanitarian, and apparently, he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he owns guns.
1: Yeah, and and I and I posted that. The reason he's not in there is because of lack of good songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, uh, what, is it, what did he just put out, like, Gonzo Balls Live or whatever it was called? I had yeah. that one. You know, it's got Cat Scratch Fever. What's the one that with a monster guitar solo? Oh, like uh, Stranglehold? Eight, Stranglehold. I mean, he's maybe has four songs. Before you get into his stuff, I was always confused. Was he – he had a lead singer at some point during the Yeah, Derek St. Right?
4: Holmes. Like, he, I'm not sure when this switch happened.
1: And then he left, and then he was the lead singer for his own band, right? Or he somebody... kicked
4: the, the guys out because of his ego, is, is how they tell the story. Uh, but he so... wanted it to be about Ted Nugent and not about anybody else.
1: Okay, but so he was the lead singer past that. And yep. So anytime he's live, he does that. See that I've never seen him live. He wasn't on the, I guess he opened for Kiss, at some part of the leg, but I didn't see him during that when he was shooting arrows and whatever the hell he was doing. But continue. Well, I'm pretty speak?
4: sure that, that uh, he was on a, uh, a solid track to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until the damn Yankees released Don't Tread. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, boy.
1: My God, was that album. Was that the first or the second one? Was that was the, the
4: second, second one.
1: Yeah, that one was a shit show beyond all belief. My buddy, <laughs> the, the, the uh, fact bastard, I remember, bought that. And I remember seeing the cover. And I was like, why would this cover even be on it with that just random dude instead of a truck?
4: Yeah, I, I did not get it at all. Maybe that's tied to Ted's politics. Who knows? I. <laughs> yeah.
1: Again, one of those things we have loved to be a fly on the wall during the band meeting. Oh yeah.
4: I mean, it's just like everybody is. It's like three guys just kind of like staring at like just trying to get the meeting over, and yeah. one guy going,
1: "Seriously, guys, this is awesome." Yeah, let's go.
4: Fine, I mean, let's go with it. Whatever. I got I got dinner plans or something. You know, it's like how how do you get to to the point where everybody was on board with that. I it mean, just, I you might,
1: it was like, let's look at a bunch of clip art.
4: <laughs> well, he, uh, we, we, that exchange that, that you and I had on Facebook over that, you know, I per, I would just, I don't really think he's all that controversial. He's ignorant. He's narrow-minded. And I meet people like that all the time. I think the people that like to talk about him being controversial are either like talking heads on news or his fans. It's like, Ted sure knows how to get him going. You know? And it's just like... <laughs> No, nah, he's a fucking idiot. He doesn't have anything intelligent to say when you break it down. Unless you like uh, think, think things like,
6: drugs are bad, is a deep thought. You know, I mean, seriously, he, he comes up with things that he's probably had the same attitude towards life since first
4: grade. And nothing ever grew. His, you, know, so, <laughs> me uh, you like so I, like I, I think gone. he's got a solid argument for being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's done a lot of stuff. Compared to what's in there, I mean... But I, I am done debating who belongs and who doesn't. We do that annual show. That's enough for me. I really don't care if he goes in or not. But it has nothing to do with him being in the NRA or loving hunting or living next to George Bush or threatening to murder President Obama. You know, let's not forget that. So, Or Hillary. He wanted to shoot her, too, I think. But you know, it's just you know, I just don't get it. I don't care, Ted. You're you're a dumbass. You 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 don't think anything through. People who think you're smart and edgy, aren't really paying a whole lot of attention to what you're saying. So good luck.
1: No, and and you know, moving forward from this, and we want to say, I I do want I do want to throw throw this in the mix, and that is just like the Kiss Fam of the Park petition. I am going to start a petition on our page for Joe Tex to get him in there.
4: Yeah, that is the only injustice I have left in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that how is Joe Tex not in?
1: Did you ever see that video where the the big fat woman comes in at the end and punches him in the face? Yeah, that's where I got the music. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing.
4: It's like Yumi and Toomey are the only people trying to get Joe Tex in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's like one of these days we're going to get a call from a member of his, like surviving member of his family, like, "Are you guys serious
6: about this?"
1: <laughs> it's amazing.
4: I'm
6: amazed you know who he is. Yeah, I and
1: mean, I, I, just just the last thing on Ted Nugent is, I will say that probably the thing I like the best about him is when he guest starred on the Dukes of Hazzard during the Coin and Vance era. Do you remember that?
4: <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. Probably the it best, was. Probably the best Dukes of Hazzard
1: episode ever. What was the plot on that one? <laughs> well, they were looking for Steve. <laughs> That's right, okay. Ah, oh, Steve. So next up, I'd like to feature the band Denman. That's D-E-N-M is in Mary, A-N, just to make sure you could know how to search for it online. And they, they are a very young band um, they are playing the pre-party, so on Friday night at the Expo, and it's them and Just the Tip.
4: <laughs> it's a good thing that The Tip aren't the only band there, because I was worried that it was going
1: to be just, just the Tip. The tip. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, oh, yeah!
1: So, anyway. Friday so, night, folks, come join us. Uh-huh, and there's also, I think, Desolation Angels, which is oddly a Bad Company cover band, or how does that? I don't even understand that name. That's is the name of one of their where? records. Oh, see, I'm not a Bad Company fan. Are, were you ever? No, no. I just
4: happen. It's just something I know. I,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I grew up in a, a, a an area in Lafayette that had ninety three point five, and all they played was Bad Company, Foreigner, and REO Speedwagon in a loop. No sticks. Yes, yeah, sticks was in there. Rush. I'm trying Journey. to think of all those. It was like all those bands that weren't really hard rock that were in between. So yeah. it, it absolutely killed me on all those bands. So going back to Denman, they have a song called high heels and leather it's pure 80s and let me do that intro again so i'm going to feature the track high heels and leather So, we got another one, Kenny Olson. Now, that's a name that I wouldn't recognize unless I was told who it was. I think he, it was
4: a character on South Park, and he was the younger brother of Ashley and Mary Kate Olson, right? I thought he was dead. Oh, yeah. I might be confusing him with somebody else. Then.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so Kenny Olson is, is the guitarist who, from my crack research, I know he was at least involved in the first two Kid Rock albums. And the Brown Trucker Band, if you've never seen Kid Rock Live, is a solid backing band.
4: And it, it seems like uh, in the in the circles, we kind of, you know, what, how do you want to say, like, the, 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 the social media avenues, whether it's through Decibel Geek, our page... Canadian geeks chat beer and metal, or whatever. Uh, all these, you know, there isn't a whole lot, lot of love for Kid Rock that you and I have. It's like we're, I, I, it seems like we almost get a little blowback anytime <laughs> we talk about him. It's oh, odd that a guy from that band is going to be there. I mean, but has he done other stuff too?
1: Nothing of note. I mean, I went to his page just to try to see if I could find the specific songs he had co-writes, but it looks like it's almost all attributed just to the Brown Trucker Band. And the thing is, is that I despise Kid Rock now. Um, I, I really do. He's oh, always an individual. But, as an individual, but I can always separate the man from the music. I'm, I'm just, you know, why? Absolutely, would I, yeah. He's a bit of a dipshit. Why would I hate, why would I hate somebody's music just because the, the lead singer's a dick? I mean, there would be tons of bands that I would not listen to, and that that goes to one of the songs. Um, that I'd like to feature later, too. Just throw some no, new music in there, too. Right. But, well, yes. to,
6: to that
4: point, though, you know I just saw him for the first time. Yep. And watching him perform, it, it really just kind of, it almost like, I almost forgave him for everything that I was, like like, irritated with him for. You know, now that I've kind of come back to earth and I'm no longer, you know, floating on the the cloud that Kid Rock took me on, uh, yeah, he's he's just everything that you for probably all the same reasons we don't need to get into. He's not a, a person I have a lot of love for. Uh, he spews a lot of negativity, and I just and don't he hangs
1: think it's out he hangs out with Ted Nugent. So that, there you yeah. have it. So, anyway, so yeah. I mean, in, in summary, I don't think that Kid Rock uh, would have survived or. Had the relevance without having such a great backing band. I mean, that's uh, that's what makes his albums uh, mm-hmm. at least the, fir- the first handful uh, quality records. Is it just it's? it's I'd say
4: through and rock and roll, Jesus. There's at least uh, something that
1: each album can give you. So, what I'd like to feature though is a, a straight up rock song off of his self title, which was the third one. And this is when he was kind of just vanishing. Very not that many people own this album. His comeback one was Rock and Roll Jesus, and I'm going to feature the opening track, Rock and Roll Pain Train.
0: All right, y'all, here's how we're going to do it. Hey, yo, Aaron, drop a bass line on him, man. Come on. Yeah. And Mr. Beam and Coke,
7: bringing that acoustic guitar, big guy. Yeah. Come Kenny Olsen, why don't you turn it up to 10
0: and do what you do best, my man? I'm going I paid my own way, I carried my own load I never asked too much from no one Hey, I was much too proud All I ever wanted was to play my music For a sold-out Michigan chorale I walked around like I was ten feet tall. Did you see me shine? Did you see me shine? Where the hell were you? Detroit City back in 99. I was stoned out of my mind. On that rock and roll paint train, I had to slow things. The sun along with shine on you Hey! Now I've been rolling on love and lust
7: And I ride around
0: on this million-dollar bus But this bus is done we nice.
1: All right, it is officially eleven seventeen, and according to what is allowed on our last podcast, since we're, we're busting these out in the middle of the day, I'm allowed to have a drink. What do you think?
4: Correct, because it's just after noon. I'm not going to go through that again. Here we go.
1: <laughs> let, let me crack this open. Okay. I did send you that world clock, but we're gonna we're just gonna move on. Hold okay. on for a second. Let me say. Yeah, it doesn't work.
5: It's. it's- <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's it's hard coded to Minnesota.
1: All right, all right. Here, here we go. Let me take a sip here. Uh, first part of this podcast was sober. Sometimes that the piss and vinegar comes out at about the one and a half beer mark. So stay tuned, motherfuckers. Here we go. See, I'm already cursing. It's working. Right on. Yes, angry, angry, angry loose. So let's cover um, what your pick. Your pick. You want to go producer? or You want to go artist? What do you want?
4: Well, Let's go producer. Toby Wright has done a lot of records that uh, mean a lot to me, and I I, I know he's going to be there. He's another one I'd like to talk to. I'm not sure if we can get that arranged or not. Uh, So uh, hotline to Sinzak. Why don't you put a little bug in his ear for
1: us? Absolutely. Yeah, I I was was shocked how much he was involved in. I knew the albums he was involved in, but he had a lot of, I'll just call it side work or or whatnot, where he was in the era of the soundtracks, the rock soundtracks. So he did a lot of work on select tracks all over the place. And one that I want to talk about, uh, what, did you want to recap some of the albums he was involved in first? Oh, sure, yeah.
4: I mean, Well, we just talked about Carnival of Souls. Sure. Uh, that was one of them. Um, he did Alice, a, a Primus, I think it was the, the, that cover record. I can't remember which one. But he's on Alice and Chains, uh, the self-titled record for sure. I don't think he was involved earlier than that. Jerry Cantrell's solo album, Boggy Depot. I think you're heading to a soundtrack. I know Last Action Hero, he didn't necessarily produce everybody on that record, but he seems to have worked with almost everybody on that record.
1: Yeah, it's hard seeing that. I know the one, two tracks in particular that he he did, that he was involved in. And just, can you, do you have that in front of you? Yeah. The track listing? Just, this is one of my, the greatest rock soundtracks for me of all time. Go ahead
4: yeah I agree I, 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 the opener is a pile of shit if you ask me Big Gun by ACDC I like but then, it um, What the Hell Have I by Alice in Chains Angry Again by Megadeth Queensryche a uh, song called Real World that for some reason I not, I'm not remembering it oh, I go
1: ahead no I was just saying that's one of the few Queenstrike songs I actually do like
4: ok we got Def Leppard with Two Steps Behind which I believe is a ballad right
1: yep that was a hit for them
4: Okay, Poison in My Eyes by Anthrax.
1: My God, this is the one that should have been on Sound of White Noise. I love this track.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dream On, apparently this is the only version you like. What's different about it?
1: Uh, full orchestra. It's just different because you hear the other version a billion times. Sure. I like it.
4: Another Alice in Chains track, A Little Bitter.
1: Two oh, wow. Alice in Chains original songs on one soundtrack. Very yeah. odd.
4: Cypress Hill with Cock the Hammer. Eh. Fishbone, another band that uh, Toby's worked with. Uh, Swim, I love that track So do I.
2: It's so simple, but it's, it's you know what I I mean? bought but
4: that album because of that, and I'm like, well, I'm glad I don't have to buy more Fishbone.
1: Yeah, I've heard their other stuff. They actually played at Lollapalooza one year, and that was the only song I liked by them.
4: Uh, Tesla, Last Action Hero, I love that track, man.
1: Yeah, it's pretty solid, too. What's the last one?
4: Last one is Jack the Ripper, which is Buckethead and Michael Kamen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not, I do now like that one. But the but yeah, overall I mean it that's like a 9 out of 12 on those tracks. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, well, I on the feature is the track What the Hell of I by Allison Chains.
0: <laughs>
4: sounds like he was at least involved in nativity in black in some way so I, there's what's, you know, the, what's
1: nativity in black
4: it's a uh, a black sabbath tribute record um i'm not a big fan of covers or cover albums but this one is oh a tolerable uh there's some there's some pretty cool moments on there
1: and nativity in black is what's the origin of that title
4: well that's the name that the song NI, nib has been given but uh geezer butler the writer of the song and the person who titled it that said that was something that was added by fans basically sure um i think (laughs) it's some weird story about the word nib and what it means in england i don't know look it up if you care i i I guess i just don't
1: (laughs) at one point he said at one point he said the nib was short for yeah was nib and it was the thing on the end of his chin yeah, so okay. All kinds of different versions. They are yeah. all the boring stories as you said. So.
4: Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it wasn't that it wasn't good enough to to lock in, but Go Typo ahead. Negatives on here, Faith No More, Ugly Kid Joe, they do Nib. Uh, <laughs> Sepultura, Corrosion, Ozzy is with uh Therapy to do Iron Man. I didn't really understand that. No. Uh Megadeth does Paranoid because Megadeth only covers the most generic tunes by bands <laughs> they're supposedly heavily influenced by. White yeah. Zombie did Children of the Grave, but a band that went by the name of A Thousand Homo DJs is what <laughs> I'm gonna feature a song by. Uh, it, it it's weird. You go to the the uh, Wikipedia page for them, and it's it just lists past members, no current. <laughs> but I know uh, Al Jorgensen was on there. There's rumors like that it might have even had Trent Reznor. But yeah, a guy, you ever heard of Buck Satan? He's on there. So
1: oh, that that's Al Jorgensen. Yeah, it's one of those names. He has like he has like a, I think like six names. I'm not sure if you know them all.
4: Let's play the track. Then this is uh, a thousand Homo DJs with the, their cover of the Black Sabbath song, Supernaut.
5: Practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record album have their own hidden symbols and messages, as well as all the lyrics of all the top rock songs. And they all sing the same refrain. It's fun to take a trip. Put acid in your veins.
1: So another larger-than-life personality that's going to be there is somebody that's told some of the greatest stories on Decibel Geek, interacting with Vinnie Vincent. Uh, I, I can't remember all of them. Like He tells a story about Vinnie Vincent walking into his guitar store wearing a Vinnie Vincent T-shirt and being about... 100 pounds do you remember that one
4: i do yeah <laughs> todd zilla we're talking about right
1: yeah todd zilla was it todd austin is that his real name is that you know
4: <laughs> i just know todd zilla
1: okay, okay. Uh, through
4: decibel so, geek you know the, and uh, his appearances
1: and he had some um not to bring the show down at all but he had some a, a tragedy happened recently where his house i guess completely burned down from some you family. can relate I can, yes, I can (laughs) absolutely. By the way, I hope it doesn't have the same effect
4: on him as it did on you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about in a future episode, we have to think about it. Is I am going to sit down at a therapy session with you and Baco. You are going to be my therapist, and we're going to go over some items. Right on. Because that was one of the best parts (laughs) of that show is when you're going off on my purging addiction. Because I'm going to throw back at you about your hoarding, and (laughs) I I think we can have some pretty good,
5: pretty good routines. I think your
1: office should be your room. Your room with all your stuff, too.
4: (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe we should try to do that when you fly in.
1: Oh, that's right. I should announce this. Um, Mm. What a great story. Uh, Do you want to do you want to recap it?
4: Well, let's wrap up the Zilla and we'll do it coming out of that. Okay.
1: okay, Yeah, that's a little teaser.
4: Let's uh, maybe uh, mention that there's a crowdfunding thing if you if you can spare a few bucks to help his family.
1: Yeah, so if you're in the Nashville area, possibly, and you're listening to this show, and you've known him, he's been around the area for a long time. He's in a bunch of bands, I think two currently, and he, talented dude too. Yeah, talented. He's got he's got unique hair. He has, <laughs> you know, he's just he's just a, he's just a very cool. Uh, from what I've the episodes I've heard, heard uh, with him on Decibel Geek. So yeah, so anyway, he had a, he had a, a house fire, and I'm not sure if he didn't have an. Insurance or something like that, or maybe yeah. I, I didn't the-
4: get the details on that. It, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to get too personal. All sure. That they, sure. They had a, a crowdfunding page to help him out, and I know I, I threw a few bucks in there. I just, it, you know, whatever. He's entertained me. I didn't see why I couldn't help out a little bit. And you know, if, if people feel inclined, you know, you can find that. Uh, maybe we'll put, share it on our Facebook page yeah, too. Right. I'm,
1: I'm going to put it on the episode show notes. But the thing I was like. Just like the expo, about people passionate about about things, it's a great thing in, the, in this world when mm-hmm. you see somebody helping somebody out to this degree. I mean, it raised—I think it was only up for a week or two weeks—thirty-five thousand dollars plus. Did you see that?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, we need more stories like this. The way things are going, you know.
1: Exactly. So, well, so one of the bands that Toddzilla is involved in, and I cannot re- recall the exact name. It's—I'm sure it has something about purple or revolution in it. But he does a a Prince cover band
4: in Nashville. I think it's called Purple Revolution.
1: <laughs> Pur- <There> you- <laughs> Is it really? No, just I just thought... I w-
4: hey, man, I'm riffing here now.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. You're two beers in. So, yeah. yeah, so let's just call it Purple Revolution. But if you're in the Nashville area, apparently they are, are just a great, tight Prince cover band. And I am going to feature... We, we've we actually featured the song before, but it was on our Prince, um, you know, our uh, uh, tribute tribute episode. Mm-hmm. Which may year. not have
4: been for our core audience, but...
1: Exactly. So if you didn't listen to that episode, uh, Prince does have a ton of guitar-oriented songs, not some of his more famous ones. This one is a, a bonus track on his greatest hits, and it's called Peach. you So another special guest that's going to be at the expo is Chris Williams, which is the, I believe, the current drummer of Accept. I can't say for certain, but that was my understanding. I'm almost positive because I remember seeing some posts where, and I thought this was pretty, pretty badass. And that's that at at Vaken, they just did a a three stage kind of like what uh, Metallica and Kiss and Deep Purple have done, where it's kind of the the first part of their set is. The, just straight-up rock, and then it kind of adds a few elements of the orchestra, and then it finishes with a full-blown orchestra at the end. I haven't heard that. I'm not a big fan of those mostly, but the point is this guy is going to be at the expo, and he just got done playing in front of like 50,000 people,
4: right? Yeah, and I believe they live-streamed that whole thing, too.
1: Yeah, I'm going to definitely look it up on YouTube, so... But, yeah, we, we busted their balls off of the song Kool-Aid on the last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah, and, a closer
4: uh, inspection on those lyrics, it is about the Jonestown Massacre.
1: I, what do you mean closer inspection? It's completely, it's completely off. I didn't listen to time.
4: anything but don't drink the Kool-Aid as far as lyrics until I was editing the episode. It was don't like, drink uh, the
1: Kool-Aid! Back in 1979,
4: or whatever, you, you know, so. Anyway. Oh,
1: man. Anyway. So I am uh, looking forward to, to meeting him too because I want to ask him about the creative process of that song. <laughs> I think that I'm going to do. I, 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 Come on, he's a drummer. He there?
4: he wasn't involved in the creative.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to know. But he had at least what it he's laying down the drum tracks, like what drum track? What, what's the song? Kool Aid? I'm on it. I'm locked in. So I, I, there's a lot of just straight face interviews. I think we're going to do there, you know, with with. Uh, with these guys. I, yeah, I some of them I really hope they
4: don't listen to, it. and I'm looking at you, Gunner Nelson, and your yoga pants.
1: But we're definitely going to have some sound clips we'll nice play Spanx. in the future episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's go to one more. This is definitely music. Well, heavy, don't we have episode. some news we wanted to get to, though? Oh, what, what, what is it? Remind that me.
4: you uh, are flying into uh, Minnesota in uh, into September.
1: Oh, yes. So this is really... It's weird. It's I call this karma. We'll just call it karma with a K. That's the little T's right now. But well, karma is spelled with a K, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, in Minnesota, I don't know how you spell it in Denver. Sure, sure. Um, you'll say it an hour later too. <laughs> yeah, an hour earlier or later. Yeah. I'm not going to go through this again. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Uh, who's playing there in September?
4: Uh, the Jayhawks, uh, one of your favorites. <laughs> uh,
1: That's one of the openers. But go ahead. And Keep cheap going. trick
4: is after them. A perfect, uh, perfectly, rated. perfectly rated. Yeah, and then uh, of course the Gene Simmons solo band is the uh, headliner of the evening.
1: And describe the venue they're playing is a minor league stadium or something. Yeah,
4: it's a minor league stadium. It's actually really cool, Lewis. Uh, it is built right on the edge of downtown St. Paul, uh, you know, maybe a mile from the the Capitol Building. Um, and and of course they sell all those asshole beers you enjoy. So uh, I was
1: looking for you. Yeah, yeah, you posted me. They have snooty beers. I'm mm-hmm, glad. Yeah, I'm very happy. And hopefully there's some of the breweries from. I'm, I'm assuming they're local.
4: Yeah, a lot of them are for sure. I know cool. Surly's out there and Summit. <laughs> Uh, but I got to believe like some of the newer ones like Fulton and, oh God, there's so fucking many of them around here. Jesus
1: Christ. So, yeah. So here's the reason we're going through this because there's a story behind it. And that is that I have, you know, at first I was like, you know, can I make this work? It's a weird day, a weird yeah, when it day first for came the concert. Up. Yep. And it moved from a Thursday to a Wednesday, which is, I've even never weirder. seen that even weirder. So I we went, should mention it, it's a charity
4: concert too. So
1: it's probably a little different than a standard show, but. Yep. Yep. So it's, you know, the ticket prices were a little bit high and then all of a sudden they came down. And uh, in short, what I did, like any normal human would have done, is Gene Simmons solo band. Where would you go to find tickets first? Where, what would you search?
4: I would, I would probably do a Google search, but either Ticketmaster or
1: I'd go to the artist page. Right. So I went to genesimmons.com. It's not sold on Ticketmaster, by the way, this concert. Good. (laughs) So I went to GeneSimmons.com and and it listed the date, and I clicked it, and it said the twenty-first of September, and then I was rerouted to a page that said "page not found." (laughs) And there's Mm. there's been some low ticket sales apparently for this show, for I'm sure. Yeah,
4: because what sparked all this was that I took a screenshot of the five day flash sale that the the sixty dollars seats were now twenty dollars. Right, including all fees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I ended up buying three, and it was a flat
1: sixty. Yeah, so so I immediately I was like, okay, well I'm going to buy two for me and my buddy that's there, or, or for you, or however we're going to mm-hmm. do the collection. And I went to the site, and there was a slight problem, and that is, you know, those little codes that you type in to the CAPTCHA code. Yeah, CAPTCHA code. It said type this in, but there was no field <laughs> to type it in. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this might be part of the problem. So me being a good citizen of Rock, I decided to reach out to both the Gene Simmons website to let them know that they're – not only did they have the wrong date for the concert on there, but it went to a dead page and also to – I was like we're I found something on the charity page where it was the media person. So, so I emailed her and I'll just wrap this up and that is I, I said – you know, I told exactly what I just told you. I said, hey, if you'd like to for my good deed, you can you can give me some free tickets, right? P.S. P.S., a little smug remark. And I was just kind of messing around. And then I, then within 10 minutes, I got a response back and it said, thank you so much for this I really appreciate it, and, you know, because you know, this might be part of the reason there's low ticket sales because nobody can buy yeah. them. And they said, not only are we going to give you free tickets, we're going to give you VIP tickets and a meet and greet to meet Gene Simmons.
4: Right on. And by the way, I found out the meet and greet is all three bands.
1: <laughs> oh, that's cool. So we can meet Chip Trick, mm-hmm. too, and tell them they're perfectly rated. What do you say?
4: Yeah, I plan on spending a lot of time with Rick Nielsen and seeing if I can't straighten out that back of his.
1: <laughs> Just coming with a bunch of acupuncture needles. <laughs> rick i'm gonna have to ask you to lay down before before you go on stage please everybody give him some room okay give him some room come on put down that uh, six neck guitar and dr vacco uh, yeah. Here. in summary I, we get to meet the demon i've never met the demon you met the demon once when
4: yeah on the convention uh tour they did but if anybody that went to one of those knows that well, I hope this is a little more of an actual meeting than that. I I, I don't think I'm going to be playing pinball with him and, and or anything like that. But <laughs> I don't think they travel I, I, would, I would, I think a uh, maybe a handshake is due or something like that. You know, a, a solid photo, not one that he took of the two of us with a uh, uh, disposable camera, which is what I got.
1: Yeah. So you're gonna be wearing your your yellow tank tops. <laughs>
4: Concert. <laughs> Do I even know you, bro? Oh, is, and I'll, I'll be mean? definitely
1: wearing mine—the the first version of the Cobras and Fire okay. T-shirt. Hey, by the way, we have enough time. We could actually print off the new version, so maybe we could each have our own version of the T-shirt. Hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You never know. But yeah, so Cobras and Fire, Baco and I will be meeting Gene Simmons in Minnesota. Unbelievable. I, I, it's 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 karma. Okay, so I'm going to go into uh, one of the songs that always brings a smile to my face, always makes me think of of summer, whether it's a dead of winter or not. And that is we have the writer of, I'm not sure what the name of the Van Halen book is, but maybe you have it. Greg
4: Renoff uh, is the writer, right? And mm -hmm. shit, what's that book called? Uh, no, I haven't. Re- I haven't gotten it yet. No, I hear it's fucking great though.
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna get it before the show as well. I'm sure you can download it on Amazon as an ebook for like ten bucks or something like that. But I am gonna play. We just played some. We played. Uh, uh, we played Roth era last time, right? Somebody get me a doctor. Yep. Okay. So I'm gonna feature one of my favorite. Got the book
4: title, by the way. I don't know if you want go to go ahead. Yeah, that. say it. The book is called Van Halen Rising. That's the Greg Runoff book. Yeah, so.
1: Van Halen Rising, Greg Runoff, spelled R E N O F F, if you'd like to Google it. And I'm going to feature a Sammy era song because you featured a Roth era song last time, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, somebody call me a doctor, and I'm going to feature my song of the summer, Cabo Wabo. Cobble wobble, baby. That's a great summertime anthem. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if he actually had the place Cobble Wobble, but I thought I don't think no, he did. No, that
4: was first. I'm almost positive. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then the fact that so <laughs> he actually wrote a theme song for for the uh, club that he ended up buying. By the way, that's a really fascinating story in the. Into Sammy Book Red. I highly recommend it. Oh my that.
4: god. Just how many times has that guy just fallen backwards into a pile of money?
1: Yeah, he had like a lawn care sprinkler business at some point. It's just random all the uh, stuff that he yeah. did.
4: No, the uh, the the fire sprinkler. Is that what it was? It. Okay. Yeah, and, and it was like uh, done out of like necessity. Like he was trying to like change the fire code so he could build this apartment building that he was investing in. And then he suddenly says, well, shit, now that I've changed the code, I need to, to build a, uh, uh, a company that only makes sprinkler systems for apartment buildings.
1: It's Random. Amazing. No, I mean, it's all that stuff. And, and, and I love the part where he's talking about that it, another genius business decision by the uh, Van Halen brothers where they were pissed about the fact that Cabo Laba wasn't taking off and that he, he bought out their portion of the ownership.
4: I'm and then they certain. accused them of sandbagging the business so they would sell it to him. So then he – because, like, they wanted to buy in, and he wasn't even, like, asking them to invest.
1: Any stories uh, in there that you that you liked <laughs> about the Van Halen brothers?
4: <laughs>
1: about them in particular?
4: Um, I like the one I, – I think it was, like, one of his first meetings where they're still kind of decide – or maybe right after he joined. But, like, yeah, Eddie and Alex are just getting shit-faced. <laughs> and Alex, what was he – he was, like – he, he he would hold the broomstick level in front of himself, yeah. and he would ju- he's like trying to show Sammy he can jump over it while he holds it. And of course, he tripped himself and landed smack on his face, busted <laughs> his nose up, he had to call an ambulance.
1: Yeah, I always uh, thought that Alex is kind of a weird dude. You never hear him speak; he's just kind of back there doing his thing. You know, great drummer and everything like yeah, that. But kind of the-
4: looks like a, a slightly uh, autistic version of Eddie.
1: Yeah, a little bit, and and I just love the, also the description of their house where it's just in shambles. They have like million dollar houses, and it just looks like it's like buy a fucking maid. This like it's just all trashed. Get that book Sammy Hagar read. We cannot endorse it. Doesn't matter if you're a Sammy Hagar fan or not. You get so much dirt on the Van Halen era, especially that reunion when they came back with them in like 2004, and that Eddie was just like drunk off his ass and just meandering yeah. solos and stuff. So
4: and if and if you hate uh Sammy, this book is really gonna piss you off because. That guy has lucked into piles of money, like I said, just yeah, over yeah, and over. Yeah,
5: yeah.
1: And he doesn't hold back about himself either. He you know he shows when he's cheating, you know, puts it all out and his, uh, his wife. And stuff That's like
4: more that. like bragging, if you ask me, though. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I really feel bad for my first wife because I was fucking all this hot pussy on the side it was just really unfair to her that i was getting laid all the time you know, oh, I, know. I mean i was fucking chicks all the time
1: <laughs> i do know the, the, another part i want to mention is when he was saying on the 5150 tour that they had these little bunkers on the stage and that they would just yeah. go under them and just keep banging chicks in between solos and stuff like that
4: it's like oh i'm gonna get my dick sucked but this is so unfair to my wife that's how bad of a person i am getting my <laughs> like this this really hot chick was just going down on me it's like it was I can't, I'm ashamed of myself for having so much pussy. Yes,
5: yes.
1: So anyway, so going... Um, Three at one time sometimes. So moving forward from Sammy Hager getting some strange, we're going to go to Gary Corbett. And how's that for a left turn? What do you think?
4: That is a, uh, that is a Cobras and Fire hard left.
1: That's Boom. right. Boom. And one of the bands he was involved in besides Kiss was, I guess he was off stage for Cinderella as well.
4: Yeah, I knew that too. I thought he was on stage for them.
1: Maybe so. Yeah, maybe maybe he wasn't uh, hidden uh, behind the curtain. Some of the
4: keyboard playing in Cinderella is a little more uh, out front, oh, where yeah. he was more accenting stuff with Kiss.
1: Sure, sure. He wasn't like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain there. So yeah, I, I think that we should feature some Cinderella. I do not have a pick ready. Do you have one, or you just want to throw it in on post?
4: Oh, I I love the song. Uh, it's bad seamstress blues leading into falling apart at the seams.
1: My God, that is my favorite, favorite by far, Cinderella song. Great pick.
4: Yeah. The first time I heard that boners, hair on my neck stands up, and I just immediately hit rewind. (laughs) I'm like, fucking play that again.
1: No, I I did the same. I mean, that Long Cold Winter, I think... uh, I don't know. If that one is always said is their, their, their best album, I don't know. I
4: like the first one better.
1: Yeah, so do I. So... But but that was definitely when they tried to go more blues and more credible. But yeah, Cinderella, one of those bands that said it's been said a billion times, but definitely besides that first album uh, is more timeless than a lot of the 80s rock.
4: Oh, sure. Yeah. Kind of because they didn't get a little bluesier.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, And a heartbreak station, while it's a little ballady, definitely has some good songs in it, too.
0: I don't mean to tell you what went wrong.
4: Is that off of uh, Long Cold Winter though? I don't remember what song. Oh that yeah, is. yeah.
5: That's
1: you, you're doing. Uh, don't know what you got till it's gone.
4: Sure. Okay. <laughs> you don't even know
5: What's what you're the singing. The one off a of
4: Heartbreak Station. Then is it uh, Shelter? Uh, she she took the train out of my heart. That's, that's just that's
1: the title track.
4: Okay. Yeah. Oh, what, that's right. Yeah, Shelter Me is on there, right? Yep, is that what you just said? Yeah, Shelter Me is pretty
1: cool. Yeah, the whole
4: thing. Everybody
3: but, but, needs a little place
1: Yeah, can hide. Yeah, the, the Shelter Me, at first I didn't like it, but then they had that whole rap breakdown, which is a little political or something like that. Like uh, the bridge brings it to the next level. But yeah, Cinderella, great band. And actually Eric Brittingham was on the list of special guests, but I'm not sure if you know this, but he is not going to be there now. Were you aware of that? He was
4: one of the uh, earliest confirmed, too. What happened? Uh,
1: basically, he has a hair appointment hair club for men <laughs> no oh. in all honesty this is also just as funny he has a gig with brett michaels <laughs> instead
4: that night wait is he playing in brett michaels's band now I, or? i'm
1: not sure or he, maybe he's part of an opening band all i know is he's that's that's the conflict to ask uh sinzak about it so you know the best part of any brett michaels concert is what the bongos oh. baby the right? bongo
4: solo for sure yeah
1: so, yeah, maybe he How
2: is. How
4: happy he is. God, it. that video still on our Facebook page? That is priceless.
1: No, it is not. You're going to have to re-upload it, but he is oh, God, amazing. I don't even know if I
4: have it anymore. I, mean, I think it was can... on my laptop that got stolen.
1: Yeah, bongos are never good in a rock concert. I'll tell you why. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but have you seen the Metallica thing where... <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah, have... what the shit? This is is this like Lars like playing a trick on these guys? Yeah, I mean, it is, It is by the way, boring, too. So if you're... It, un, it, yeah. Well, that's or a Facebook page, too. But I understand Metallica is is big enough to have a separate semi full of of monster bongos. They're, they're <laughs> bongos at least 20 foot Whoa. high, and they decided it would be a great time during the song, which I guess has bongos or has that really cool uh, drum beat. What's the... Oh. Uh, uh, when We're Dead or whatever that song is off the new album yeah. anyway so there's that so they come out and yeah. all, all four of them play bongos together it's the most ridiculous spiral and then
4: uh, what's his name Lars kind of pops behind his kit after he's got those guys hitting it on their stupid two notes how do you what do you think the origin of this was like Kirk came in he's like hey
6: guys you know something has done a lot of stuff but you know one thing has never done marching band <laughs> It, it's just then James, is like, great idea, Kurt.
1: When they came out, I was like, okay, maybe this is going to sound cool at least. But all it is is it's like my 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 son and daughter grabbing a fucking drum and just slapping it for, it, is it, for like it five minutes. Sounds as bad
4: as it looks. Yeah. I mean, it's like what the fuck, man.
1: All right, so we're gonna finish this episode, our Rock and Pod Expo promo episode, which we'll probably post. I would say the Wednesday. It's before, probably yeah, our last podcast yeah, before, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. It'll be the Wednesday before the show, like a few days before. So,
4: And then hopefully we come back with about two months' worth of material from the expo. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <We'll laughs> be, we can just kind of we'll slide done. into Christmas, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so the next thing we want to talk about is...
4: The heavy metal parking lot. I got You haven't talked in it yet. If we were ending it, we have to get into that, right?
1: Yeah, we've mentioned it in passing quick when you talk about Camaros in the parking lot and uh, Monte Carlos and, and, and things like that. But let's break into, I guess you you want to talk about your thoughts of the 15-minute clip or what do you want to talk about? Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't know much about the creators,
4: so maybe I'll, I'll find out more. But my general view on the thing is there's about maybe one to... One and a half minutes of, of some pretty good stuff, and it's a nice time capsule of, of shit that really doesn't happen anymore for for those younger fans. Uh, basketball hockey arenas used to be built with the parking lot around it, not like right downtown where you park in a ramp eight blocks away um, so you basically park right outside the the thing and people would hang out and slam sixers and and get fucked up yeah be, like
1: our like our brewery. We're looking yeah, on the, uh, exactly. Yeah, we're, you, you, we're there'd be shirtless
4: the... dudes everywhere. <laughs> uh, but we cans of Copenhagen, fucking beer cans. It, you know, it was people shotgunning beers. You know, hot chicks walking around with their hair all done up and their boobs hanging out. I mean, it was it was a glorious thing. And in that sense, I really like that it time capsules that. But it was also something that was kind of like satirically made mocked and made fun of by the next wave of bands that uh kind of the grunge alternative thing and and because of that I have to admit it I have a little bit of a sour taste in it because I'm not sure if that was the the agenda or is that just how it ended up and also can we stop calling it a movie it's fifteen minutes long
1: <laughs> it's it's basically a clip and yeah I have to say there's there is maybe. I have to make myself watch the whole thing because there's about yeah it's, there's about it's two tough. minutes of it. My favorite part though, easily, is when this dude just goes, and I have no idea why they mention their ages. It's very odd. It's like they're they're being arrested or something like that. But they get they go, "Hey, my name is, we'll just say we'll just say it's it's Steve, okay?" Well, yeah, he goes, "Hey, I'm Steve. I'm 20. I love the Judas Priest." And uh, then the girl next to him goes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Beth. I'm 14. And then it, and it cuts to them <laughs> making, out, <laughs> making out for like 30 seconds. Oh, tongues this, and all this stuff.
4: And isn't this at Largo, Maryland? I don't
2: know.
4: I don't remember. Yeah, I think it is because it's like, there's like four or five kiss bootlegs in that same place. And there's like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm, uh, Rob Kern is, oh, there's an Alice Cooper bootleg from there. It's like all these, there had to be like an in-house camera guy. That would basically just supply all the bootleg VHSs of the late 70s and early 80s that work there or something.
1: Yeah, you do hear Largo a lot. And, and, uh, yeah, and a it's, it's not
4: there anymore, I don't think.
1: Yeah, of course not.
6: But but oh, yeah, but I mean... I
4: get... like Graham Grandma Dope. I thought that was funny um, because that was literally the guy that you would run into at every one of these fucking things, man. Uh, that guy was just perfect.
1: Yeah, he is perfect. And, and just the fact that... Just like Chris Sinzak is the expert on Vinnie Vincent, which is incredible as, uh, of of being an expert on Gobots, as we've mentioned before. Right? Yes,
5: yes, yes. Yep.
1: The the fact that he had the urge, that the mission to go <laughs> to make a
4: reunion, of- which is why it it it, it brings me hope in my quest to get 100,000 signatures to remake Kiss Me, The Phantom of the Park, because at that point then, the White House has to comment on it. If people <laughs> want to know what my endgame is, that's what it is. But if he can pull this together, we can hit 100,000 signatures on that.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think there's going to be a... You said if we did Heavy Metal Parking Lot Part 2, it would just be called Heavy Metal Parking Lot The Same Generation
4: yeah you were like you wanted to call it the next generation and I'm like it's these aren't going to be people like in their teens you know showing up to this thing they're going to be our age yeah exactly which is that generation you
1: know yeah so so I'd like to end the show with what the uh, Heavy Metal Park do you have anything else to say about that That
4: no I mean uh, come on down to the expo like it's a quick thing they're going to have a panel with the guys which I think is probably going to be more interesting than the actual uh, film yeah um but yeah whatever i mean it's cool
1: it's cool so so dc 101 was the radio station and it was a judas priest concert with dock and opening as i understand from from the uh the drunks in the parking lot and the underlocking key tour for them and it would have been turbo for priest yes but i would like to feature and it's your pick i love both of these songs are my two favorite from screaming for vengeance off that album, and that is Bloodstone or Devil's Child. You pick. Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, while you think about it, let's just say mm. Rockin' Pods Expo, August 26th in Nashville at the Music, Music Valley, is that it? Music At yeah, the Music
4: Valley Center. Music um. Valley
1: Center near Opryland. If you're in the Nashville area or if you're somewhere around there and you want to make a couple-hour trip like the Fact Bastard is and, and lots of other people, come on by. You're going to meet like-minded people, and there's going to be the most useless information in one place that has ever been been done.
4: And uh, I think it's a, just across the parking lot where you and I will be uh, staying, so uh, if there's any, like, uh, fresh squish out there, you know, you just look... <laughs>
2: You come look for us. <laughs> yeah, the Cobras and Fire Groupies. Man, these guys are great. They talk about nothing I'm interested in.
6: They're, they're, they're married with kids. They're unshowered. They have
2: their own podcast. They're unshowered and they talk about shows. I'm in. Uh, that's The only reason
4: I'm going is to just find out exactly what a podcast groupie looks
1: like. Exactly. I would just want to see if there's a single besides, besides the... Uh, the great joey and his his wife nola if there's any other female in there what are your what are your odds what is the percent point oh god
6: um okay we have to remove
4: wives and girlfriends uh then i would say it's gonna be less than uh, less than one (laughs) percent
1: less than one (laughs) percent (laughs) <laughs> I,
4: let's put it this way. If the, if my band was going to leave for a weekend to play a show in Winona, Minnesota, my wife would probably make sure she had the weekend off and came with. She has she, <laughs> she is not worried about this trip at all. <laughs> Other funny. than that she doesn't get to go to Nashville, which I think she'd enjoy, but she, she, she's just like, you and Lewis, you go have fun with your little nerd friends. <laughs>
1: It be mean, the same thing as if we told them we were going to go to the math convention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, math
4: you're not afraid up. of me hooking up with some nice little piece at
1: the math <laughs> math league tournament? You have no idea. When we were in the last round of that chess tournament, I banged. <laughs> it was a
5: gangbang. bang. <laughs>
4: Oh my god. Yeah, I mean I gotta believe that the uh we're we're just gonna be fighting back the, the, the babes, man. I don't
1: know if you knew this, but when Eddie Fisher was on the top of the world he was just banging more than Tiger Woods.
4: <laughs> oh those chess groupies, there is nothing better.
1: Have you ever uh vulcanized the whoopee stick in the ham wallet? Yeah, I mean it was earlier today I did. How about <laughs> how about uh how about how about uh, batter-dipping the cranny axe in the <laughs> gut locker?
4: Well, you know, when I was
1: younger, but not in not, not a long time. How about, uh, <laughs> how, about, how about cattle prodding the oyster ditch with a lap rocket? <laughs> what about marinating the nether rod in the squish mitten? Okay, now you're just getting ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Well, one last one, though. Mm-hmm. And this, this one maybe be as you have done. Have you ever pressure washed the quiver bone and the bitch wrinkle?
6: Uh, not since I gave up church.
1: Oh, so let's finish this off. Did, I gave you some time to think when we were ripping Bloodstone. There? Done. All right, got everyone, we'll see you at the Rockin' Pods Expo. And remember, rock's what? not dead. It's hiding. And you found it in Nashville.
4: At the Music Valley uh, Center, uh, and uh, right across the street from the Grand Old Opry, blah, 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 Marriott Hotels exclusive.
6: everybody to the first
4: Nashville Rockin' Pod Expo Celebrity Roast. We've got a lot of great guests
6: lined up for you tonight. We're going to get the evening started off with a couple of special people I believe a lot of you know out there. I'm talking about Doc McGee and Paul Stanley. Thank you. I'm Paul Stanley. And I'm Doc McGee. People, I'd like to say it's an honor to be here. But I only agreed to this to take a gig away from Eddie Trump. Oh, yeah! Looking out and seeing the faces of the top podcasters in the world, I can truly say that I'm grateful I'll be leaving soon. Oh, yeah! You know, I was talking to some people backstage before, and they were telling me it's helpful to picture you the audience naked when speaking in public. But if it's all right with you, I'd rather picture you wearing more clothes. Oh, yeah! That said, those of us in the world who have actual lives are very proud to see so many of you outside of your basements. So, oh,
2: hey, Paul, do you mind if I take a crack at this? I've always wanted to do a roast.
6: Doc McGee, ladies and gentlemen. Alright.
2: Thank you, thank you. Well, I gotta tell you, people, well done picking Millennium Hall. What is this venue named after the last year somebody booked it? It must have been difficult to find a location within walking distance of a Piggly Wiggly and a salvage yard. Is this thing on? I got a question, too. Are those hookers or valet attendants outside? No, seriously. I need to know because I handed the one with a mustache and face herpes my keys. Let me step in here, Doc. You're
6: kind of killing the vibe here.
0: Read the
2: room. Uh... I'm sorry, maybe there's a reason I work off stage. Continue, Paul, you're the star.
6: Never in history has this much useless knowledge been in one room. You all know a lot of facts, people. Too bad it's KISS facts. Oh, yeah! Julian Gill from KISS FAQ, people. Julian, I gotta tell you, anytime someone asks me why I never leave my cabin on the KISS cruise... I just have them read the message board on KISS FAQ, okay. Oh, hey. Seriously, you guys are terrified. And speaking of people making a career out of talking about me, three sides of the coin people, looking at Mark Schicchini, it's more like three sides with every meal, am I right? What exactly is Tommy's role on the show? Earbud model? That guy chimes in less than the doorbell at Bramble's house. Get it? You got no friends, Michael. Oh,
0: yeah!
6: Three Sides of the Coin. The number one kiss podcast. Your family must be so proud. Being the number one kiss podcast, it's a lot like being the best-selling Amish Rampel. Oh yeah! Or maybe the best-looking man at a podcast expo.
2: Hey, Paul, you're killing it. You might, as- if I take another, another round?
6: Doc McGee! Well, oh yeah!
2: Give it up for Chris Sinzak from Decibel, the world's leading authority on Vinnie Vincent. You know, <clears throat> you know, that's like being the world's authority on GoBots. No one cares. How did you end up picking Vinny anyway? Was local H taken? Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. That's covered by your co-host, Aaron Camaro. You know, Aaron, you do know this isn't a headbands and sunglass expo, right? Two types of people wear sunglasses inside. Blind people and assholes. Sorry, I take that back, Aaron. I got my notes screwed up. I didn't mean to call you an asshole. That term is reserved exclusively for Billy Hardaway. (laughs) Everyone, Josh Toomey of the Talk Toomey podcast is here tonight, give it up! I do have one question, Josh. If you're here, who's interviewing the drummer from the Cottonmouth Kings this week? Now, Josh, you do know you can turn down interviews, right? (laughs) You know, eventually you're gonna hit rock bottom and end up having one of the hosts from Cobras and Fire on your show. (laughs) Speaking of that show, have you ever heard of Cobras and Fire? Me either. I do know that one of the hosts is named Luce Cannon. If you ever met him, he's the one whose face you wanna punch. (laughs) Loose? The word smug? Or you? What a dumb fucking stage name. Was Loose Bowels already taken? You should have picked that. As everything that comes out of you is shit.
6: I agree, Doc. I almost felt bad for his co-host Baco, and then I met him. Oh well, right. yeah! At least his band recommendations will help you decide what not to buy. One of the many things I will take away from this rock and pod expo, people, is that I can now tell my friends and family that I, Paul Stanley, was once in the same room as Baco. People, is there a word that means the opposite of name dropping? Oh yeah! Before I go, there's just something I'd like to say to all of you. Get a life. Get some exercise. Maybe take a shower once in a while. And that HR woman at your work, well, she was just being polite when she said she liked your kiss tie. She doesn't really care that the girl from Sons of Anarchy sang on Gene's solo album. Your office doesn't have a water cooler, people. It has a tank of tears from how sad you are. Thanks for all your money. Shop Kiss Online and... Fuck you, Eddie Trunk!